welcome to Lady Ada. Hey everybody, it's me Lady Ada and it's another Sunday evening. The weather is getting chillier so we're gonna stay warm by the soldering iron and check out what's going on on my desk. Yeah, it is uh, voting Eve Eve and um, <laughs> yeah. just in the, a, in the US. Yeah, least. just a little reminder, um, you know, our team um, has a paid day off. Uh, some of us will be shipping your orders. Some of us will be at the polls. Some of us have voted early. Um, if you haven't voted, make your plan, bring a phone charger, bring a snack, look at the weather, maybe go with a friend. We voted on Saturday, we voted yes. early, we took care of everything. In it New was York. so fast and easy. Yep, and uh, special thanks to the poll workers out there. There's thousands of them in New York, and they are very helpful people. They're doing something for everyone. So thank you if you're someone out there who used our resources. People let, let us know that they did, and they became poll workers after they saw our call for help the country for more poll workers this year um thank you very much and uh we'll see how things go so uh this week we have a few things let's yes. first start off with what you're working on and then uh we'll do a little bit of a uh, great search with digicate okay cool all right to start off i want to we have a thing when you stem a sunday every sunday i talk about one stem board so um i can show off this stem board that i just put together so let's go to the overhead and uh this is um, an MCP 9601. Um, this is the next generation of the MCP 9600, uh, which sounds like a program in Tron, but actually is a thermocouple sensor. Um, and you can see I've attached a K-type thermocouple with a metal tip onto it. And I'm actually using this on um, a small hot plate to uh, make prototypes. So it's like, a make, it's like the prototype makes itself. It's kind of cool and meta. Um, but what's nice about this thermocouple sensor amplifier is that it works over I squared C. So I've got it um, here on a clue board and I love the clue because you can just plug in some QT boards and I've got like a little hot water thing. So let's just see how, let's just see how hot this water is. Okay, getting warmer, getting warmer. Okay, it's like 50, 60 degrees C. Um, so this is, uh, we already have a version of this board, uh, the 9600, but I designed it a while ago before we had, um, you know, trying to do everything with the STEM IQT standard, which is like one inch by 0.7 inch. So this board is really nice and compact. Um, and what I like about the 9601 is that it now has open thermocouple detection. So um, this code actually doesn't, it, it won't print out like disconnected, but I'm, I'm gonna add that next, I just finished this up. Um, but it can detect if the thermocouple is detached, which the MCP 9600 cannot. And a couple of people actually noticed that. They're like, oh, my, my thermocouple got disconnected and didn't realize that the, the temperature was like invalid. Um, so what I like about the 9601 is that it will tell you, hey, the thermocouple is touching ground or it's disconnected. The temperature is invalid. Don't trust my voltage reading. So that's nice toasty water. I can have some hot chocolate later. Okay. And that's the Stemma Sunday. All right, what else we get going on? Okay, I'm gonna unplug this. Okay, so next up, um, I'm working on finishing up the uh, Feather M4 CAN board. Um, so this is everything that you love in the Feather M4. There you go. But it now uses the SAM E51 instead of the SAM D51, the SAM E51. You might think the E is for Ethernet. You're wrong. The E is for CAN bus. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, all you need is a little transceiver. And then I have a three-pin terminal block, which gives you ground, CAN L, and CAN H. I even have a little boost converter. 
um, the boost converter, and, and this is something I'm still trying to figure out completely, but it, it seems like you can run a CAN bus off of plus minus three volts, but you get the best inter interfacing like quality if you have plus or minus five volts. And so um, since the Feather is a three volt device, I need to have a little, little micro boost converter. I use a switch cap converter. I love switch cap converters. Um, they're very small, uh, they're low cost, they work quite well. Um, you can feed them, you know, they, they're not ex as efficient as a, a inductor-based boost converter, but if you don't need a ton of current, like 100 milliamps or less, they work great. Um, so I have, uh, these are actually running CircuitPython. This one is transmitting data. You can see the little transmit blink. And this one is receiving data. And when I twist this knob, uh-oh, let me reboot this. Oh no. Oh, there you go. I had a loose wire. Um, when I twist this knob, the color changes on the NeoPixel because I'm kind of like going through like red and then purple and then blue and then green, yellow, and back to red. So this is sending a message um, over CAN and you can have, you know, like a large number of CAN devices as long as each one has a unique address, which is cool. Um, and uh, this, you know, I did make a couple changes from the Feather M4. I started with the Feather M4, but I did make a few changes. The most important one is, of course, I'm now using USB-C. And this is also making me think that I want to revise the Feather M4. It's a very popular board, but I want to revise it maybe to do USB-C, um, you know, based on the change, like the things that I did to convert this, I would like backport those changes. So let's go to the computer and um, let's look at the design real fast. Okay. So this is my um, Feather M4, and like I mentioned, this has USB-C over here. It still has the same battery port. Things got a little bit squished um, over on the uh, left side. Oops, I keep forgetting this has to shrink. Um, because I, you know, the USB-C is just a teeny bit larger, and it requires the 5.1 K uh, ohm resistors. Um, we've got the same NeoPixel, like little buck converter if you want to use that, um, 32 kilohertz crystal. And then over here you can see the um, transceiver connected. There's like a special set of lines for, um, for using CAN bus. You can see CAN 1RX and CAN 1TX here. This is the little boost converter. It takes uh, whatever is higher from the battery or the USB and gives you a 5-volt out. And then here's just the breakout for the, the CAN bus, like the transceived signals that are, that are actually differential. Um, but what I wanted to do is um, improve the low power handling for this board because it's something I've never really cared about. Um, but I think with CAN bus, maybe you want to have a sensor on a CAN bus and you want, you want people to go to sleep and then wake up and then report a sensor reading and then go back to sleep. I think that's, that's a likely situation. Um, so there's a couple things to, to do with that. So the first up is the NeoPixel. So NeoPixels um, draw one milliamp quiescent, which is quite a bit. And uh, they do it all times. Even if the LED is off, they draw a milliamp. So what I added is there's another GPIO pin called NeoPixel Power. And then to turn on the NeoPixel, I have to pull that pin high, and then I can write the data on like this NeoPixel pin. But that means that when I'm going into low power mode, I can shut down the NeoPixel. I don't have that one milliamp quiescent, which is super nice. 
Um, another thing is on the little boost converter, there's enable shutdown pin. Ditto, you connect it to GPIO. Uh, when you want to use the canvas, you uh, turn that pin high. When you're done, you set it low and you go to sleep and then you don't have any quiescent, even if there is some quiescent current here, which there probably is, um, you don't even have to worry about it because you've completely put it into shutdown. So it's like, you know, a microamp or two, if that. Um, the transceiver also has like a sleep mode S and so you can um, basically turn off the transceiver as well. Not only like you're not sending signals, you don't want to listen to signals, you want the chip to be off. Also connected to a GPIO pin. So, you know, basically like the new pixel powering from a GPIO pin, some people say like, oh, like that seems like it's a lot of current, you know, it could be up to 60 milliamps. The pins are current limited. I'm not worried about it. You know, most people don't set their NeoPixels on to full white. And if they do, again, the, the pin is current limited. It's not like you're trying to shore an amp through it or something. Um, I think also NeoPixels are not truly 60 milliamps. When they're fully on, I think they're more like 40. I think they're not. They're not 20 milliamps per LED um, segment. Uh, we also have the 32 kilohertz crystal. So, you know, that can be used for low power modes, although I, I honestly have not used it. And then... Um, there's also this like little buck converter that you can use, although I think this is only reduces your current draw when you're in like running mode. I don't think it affects sleep mode. Um, so, and then you know, there's a couple other things. So, well, the battery charging circuit, it only is powered from USB. And if you're power plugged into USB, I'm not as concerned about quiescent current. So, you know, there's not much to do there. I'm gonna leave this, you know, there's none not disableable. Basically, it's always on. Um, I do have this VBET divider, which allows you to measure the battery. And, um, you know, there's no real way to disable it because the high voltage is from the battery. I mean, I could add some more circuitry, but like, I don't really have any space. Um, if you do the math, this draws like four volts divided by uh, 200K because that's the sum of the two. And then, uh, you know, divided by 1,000 because it's kilo, uh, kilo ohms, it's like 20 microamps. So um, what I can do is I can um, increase this resistance. I can change these from like 100K to like maybe 200K or, or 270K. So I might do that. I'll get some resistor packs. And then there's the um, uh, regulator. So, you know, this at, at this point, it's like, I you know, I, I want to make sure that I can get as low power and, and sleep. So I should see like, what is my sleep current now? So I ran my power tool, which is the device I use to do uh, current measurements. And let's run this. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, sorry. Ring. Yeah. Ring. I went to sleep. Hold on. Power meter tired. I know, power meter. Power meter tired. Oh no, what happened to power meter? Power meter's been waiting four years to vote. <laughs> Let me see if I can restart it. If not, you'll just have to, you'll have to believe me or I can open up. I, I, I took a screenshot in case. Yeah, okay, here you go. 
Power so meter back. Power meter is back in power business. Power meter is Phoenix. <laughs> Rise from power ashes. Um, so you can see here, uh, if I go into milliamp range, like 10 milliamp range, maybe five. So, um, you know, in this, this, I have this little code that I wrote, and basically it, it goes to sleep for, um, it goes to, you know, it wakes up, it like kind of enables everything, and then like delays a little bit and then goes back to sleep. So you can see like the, the, the standard kind of runtime without doing anything in particular is about 20 ish milliamps. That's actually kind of right. Uh, Cortex M4 runs around 20 milliamps. Um, and then, you can see that it drops very low when it's in sleep mode. So let's check that out. Sleep mode is about 250 microamps, which is pretty good. Um, you know, considering that like I haven't really done like any work on that. You know, all I did was like add some GPIO pins to like turn off things. But I do want to try to reduce that. And um, the first thing I did was like, well, I have to check out the regulator because the regulator is. Um, the only thing that is on all the time, like with the, with the microcontroller, once it's in deep sleep, like it, it turns off all the peripherals, we're done. When I've shut down the um, boost converter, there's nothing more I can do with that. When I've shut down the can transceiver, there's nothing more I can do with that. The NeoPixel, like turn off the power. So the only things that are currently drawing current are the resistor divider, which I can reduce the resistance of, um, the microcontroller, which I'm stuck with whatever the microcontroller can do for the deepest sleep, like whatever peripherals I turned off, and that regulator. And if you look up the regulator, which I love, I love the AP2112 because it has very high current output and very low uh, dropout, so it can do uh, 600 milliamps minimum. It's got good accuracy. Uh, it's got enable. It's got um, really, really low, uh, low dropout. However, the trade-off is it's got, it says low quiescent current, which I guess, you know, low is relative, but it's not, it's not that low. If we search for uh, quiescent, you know, they say 55 typical, but it can, it can be as much as 80. And that's assuming that there's no current output. There is a little bit of current output, basically 80, 80 microamps. So it's, you know, like a third of my current, maybe a fourth or a third of my current is going to this regulator. Now, this might be enough. Like maybe 200 microamps is good enough. I don't know. But it would be nice to see if I could find a regulator that it was ultra low. This is low. I want ultra low quiescent current. And that's what I'm going to search for in DigiKey. Which brings us. Let's do the great search for DigiKey. The great search. Every single week we do the great search for DigiKey. Where in the world is that part that I need on DigiKey? Lady Ada. We're going to find out. Okay, so let's go back to my computer. All right, so we're going to try to reduce the quiescent current of my circuit. It's drawing 250 microamps in sleep mode. I want to reduce that more, but I'm stuck right now because my regulator, the AP2112, it's a lovely regulator, but the quiescent current is... 80 microamps. Ah, it's low, but it could be lower, right? Maybe we can get to like 10 or less. That can make a big difference. You know, if, if I can reduce the um, crescent current by a third or a quarter, it means it runs for that much longer in sleep mode, right? Good, good things. And uh, I'm, I'm interested in that now. So let's see if we can find a 
you know, we're not going to find a perfect duplicate minus that quiescent current for the same price, right? Obviously, if it existed, I would have picked it. But let's see what we can do to find something close and ideally drop and replaceable because then I don't have to respin my board design, although like I'm willing to do that. Um, but it would be cool if I could just like swap in, a, you know, a different regulator and just, you know, maybe it's a little bit more expensive. Maybe the dropout's a little higher, but the quiescent is much better. And so it's great for low power usage. So let's check it out. Okay. So go into DigiKey and I'm going to just search for, uh, you know, voltage regulator to start. I like to start nice and vague. And this is, by the way, the AP2112. And, you know, one thing you could do is you could go through and you could click um, some of these things to get a similar chip. But I actually want to be a little bit more freeform in my search. Um, again, there's like so many different regulators, like power supply, you know, powers and power supplies is a huge part of engineering. But we just want the linear regulators. Now, one day in the future, maybe I'll upgrade my design to use a buck converter. You know, there's very low quiescent buck converters, but I'm going to stick to the LDL. It, it's small, it's effective. My dropout is, you know, very minimal. It's not like I have like 16 volts going down to three volts. I'm going from like 3.7 to 3.3. So I want, I want, you know, like at 200 milliamps or so, I want to like not have a dropout of higher than uh, 400 milliamps, uh, millivolts, if possible. Okay, so start out with, of course, I only want the active and normally stopping, stocking items. So let's, let's do that and we can cut down the quantities quite a bit. Um, I'm going to, you know, there's outputs, you can have adjustable ones where like you have like a twisty, like not a twisty knob, but a um, uh, resistor divider. Um, in this case, I don't know, there's adjust sometimes there's like adjustable and they can also be fixed, but I basically just want these. I don't want programmable, I don't want adjustable. I want it to just like spit out 3.3 volts. I'm like, I'm not interested in anything else. I also only want one regulator and I want, um, I don't think I need to worry about this because the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pick that voltage output. So there's, for adjustables, you know, you'll want the minimum and, and maximum. But if you only want a fixed output, you just go to the, uh, oh, shoot, sorry. Click the wrong thing. Um, you only want the output voltage min fixed. I'm going to scroll down until I get to 3.3. We had a couple different options. So it looks like there's like a couple, like there's sometimes variations and stuff, but these look good. Apply. Okay, it's thinking. Great. Um, okay, next up, I want current output. So, you know, I need it to be somewhat close to what I've got now. The current regulator I've got the 600 milliamp output. 600 milliamp is like quite a bit, you know, I could live with as little as 500, but I don't want to go below 500, right? So let's pick 500 and then, I mean, we'll go up to like seven and a half amp, but I know that there's no seven and a half amp one in the package I'm going to use, but whatever, just, you can just select it and then we'll get rid of those later. Okay. Now we're up to the important part, which is the quiescent, right? So the one we have now is like up to 80 max. I think I'm going to say, and you know, it goes, it goes high quite fast. Like, if you're not looking at the quiescent current, like believe me, you get regulators with, you know, like it says here, like up to 20 milliamps quiescent. And the quiescent current is the current that it draws even when no other current is being used. Like that's the, the current of the regulator itself, not the output. It's like what it itself draws from the power supply. 
So I definitely want it to be less than 80. I actually kind of want it to be less than like 50. I'm gonna say like 25 or less. And it looks like you can go down to one microamp. And you can see like when you're picky about um, when you're when you're picky about uh, the quiescent current, you know, it tells you how many are remaining. It like drops really fast. So let's let's see. Let's see what we got here. Okay. So there's a couple options. Um, and normally I would, you know, sort by price. But here's the thing. So I kind of want one that is the same, like, size and best off, you know, if possible, the same package. Um, so the first thing I'm going to do is there's not that many of these. I'm actually going to try to get rid of some of the ones that are like the SOT89, which is like a larger package size. I'm not going to be able to fit that on my board. And like, especially not this. This is like a TO263. If it's a TO anything, there's like no way I'm going to fit that on the board. So let's get rid of like the very chunky boards. So all of these TOs, sorry, you got to go. And I'm also going to get rid of the um, 6SOIC. And I'm also going to get rid of the SOT89s. Those are huge. But the rest of these might fit, right? So let's let's apply. So now I've got only about 27. Okay, we're doing better. Um, so of these, the first thing I can do is, well, so the price is a little sneaky because, again, remember, that's for, the in, for individual units. And I want to compare this to the AP2112, which has a price of about like, you know, 10 to 7 cents. It's kind of another reason I love the AP2112. It's so cheap. It does such a good job and it's so inexpensive. Um, so I want something comparable in price. Um, and you can't search by price range, but that would be really cool if Digikey added it. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll be inspired. It'd be cool to say like, for that quantity, here's how much I'm willing to pay. But uh, what we'll do instead is we'll go to the view prices at and we'll just put in like 5,000 because I don't really care about the price individual, right? If, if one is 60 cents and one's a dollar, but when you get to the real quantity, up to real quantity, they're both basically six cents or seven cents, it doesn't, it's not gonna make a big difference. Okay, so now we're here. Um, well, here's the deal. I definitely don't want a BGA. I just, I'm, you know, I'm judgy. So let's get rid of the BGAs. So let's, let's see, all of these and then subtract the BGA. Just, just get that right out. Okay, cool. All right, so now we're actually looking at, you know, the pricing. And the pricing is actually not too bad. Like, you know, the AP2 and 1, 2 is like 10 cents. So I'm going to pay more, um, but I'm not going to pay, like, super crazy amounts, right? It's not like, I mean, it does get high. It gets up to a dollar. Um, but... Oh, and there's the Rochester, which we can remove as well. So let's let's not include Marketplace, because I don't want the Rochester, which is there. they sell parts that are discontinued. You can still get them. Um, okay, and then, so here's kind of something interesting. So it looks like regulators are starting to come in this package, which I've never used, but I'm actually, I kind of think it's adorable. Um, it's got, like, big distances between the pads, um, but it's physically quite small. So this is interesting to me. So even though I may not use it in this particular situation because I already have the board spun out like and, and done, I don't want to change it. Um, I do find I do find this package um, intriguing. Okay, so we've got a couple options here. Uh, there's two SOT 235s, 
and some DFNs and some more SOT 235s. Looks like there's a bunch of SOT 235s, and that's the package I'm replacing. So let's just select that. Wait, uh, I also want. Sorry, I would like to. TSOT. Yeah, let's see. Okay, so that could give me the thin ones, the thick ones. Okay, so this is it. These are my options, which is like really nice. I've actually pared it down to like, you know, a screen full. There's only six options. And the next thing you can do is, again, you can't sort by price, but there's a couple options here by price. Then you can go all the way to the right and you can look at the things that might be most important for you. So for example, um, there's ones with like eight microamps and 0.7 volt dropout. Uh, this one might have a slightly lower dropout, also 600 milliamps. This one's only one microamp um, and has one amp output, which is like really impressive. So that's the, but the pricing gets a little higher, like we're paying 35 cents. So I'm actually, you know, the one I actually think I like the most is this four microamp, 600 milliamp output and about 0.5 volt at 600 milliamp um, dropout because I don't need this high voltage range but I like that it's only four microamps. Like I think that's gonna make a big difference in this situation. So I'm gonna pick up some of these RT 9080s. And here's a, a tip if you're ever using these regulators. So blessedly, unlike many other devices, including transistors, pretty much every company that makes regulators in the SOT 23-5 package, which is very common size, they all use the same pinout. So you can verify here, it goes V in ground, enable, and then you know, no connect and V out. And the same thing here, V in ground, enable, no connect and V out. So this can just pop right in. Just make sure that you have like the right, you know, again, voltage range, capacitance, whatever things it needs. But I can actually just try this on the board. So maybe next week, by the time I get the chips, swap it in, see the quiescent current, Hopefully it should drop by like at least 60 microamps. So that will be a very nice improvement in my design. All right. And that was a great search with HQ this week. Regulator found. Okay, I'm gonna drink my slightly warm water. All right. All right, well, any questions or? Yeah, someone was asking, um, since uh, Eagle's going to be folded into Fusion 360, um, are you going to use that? I don't know. Fusion? I'll deal with that when it comes up. No. <laughs> I don't know yet. I've never used Fusion 360. Okay. So are all TSOT 23.5s the same size? Yes. The, T, the TSOT itself, the, the SOT is, you know, a certain size, like 3 milli, uh, millimeter by 3 millimeter, I think. Okay. Question. Pinout may be identical, but are dimensions all the same? Yes, so the, the package of a device, whether it's SOIC or TO263, if it's the same package, it's the same size. Um, the thickness may vary a little bit, but the package itself, like the dimensions and the pads are gonna be the same as long as it's a standard package. Only time I see that differ is when you have like QFNs and like sometimes the dimensions are, like it can be confusing, like a 16 pin DFN, a 16 pin QFN, they're not always the same size. However, if it's the same number of pins and the same size, it's the Sorry, if the, if the pins are the same and the square size is the same, it'll be the package.
package will fit on the same pads. Okay, I'll answer this one. Someone says, can I have a job, please? Uh, yes, but here's how you have to do it. Uh, publish some stuff online, preferably open source where people can see it. Participate in the community and help some folks out. And uh, join us. Uh, be, be part of this thing. That is the job application. And that's how we hire most of our folks. So um, if you have uh, skills in engineering, that's always helpful. Um, but there's lots of other things. But uh, stick around and uh, check we out. We hire from the community. Check absolutely. out circuitpython.org. You could take a look at a lot of stuff that's going on. We have public meetings. We have yeah. GitHub repos. I, I have hired people just who do like really great GitHub pull requests. I'm like, hey, you like fix some code. Can I hire you to fix some other code? Yeah. And. and uh, Great and timely search. I was just trying to find a low power on the, to get low power on the ITSE NRF52. Well, here you go. Yeah. You, try, you try out one of these, I'll try out the other, and then like we'll meet in the middle. Yeah, and folks really like it. They said DigiKey uh, search is powerful, but you do need um, to know how to use it. Yeah. So, so I, think, I think one of the tricks here is like, you know, you want to, you don't want to be too specific because you might miss something. Right, you want to yeah. be kind of broad and then like learn when you want to narrow in, especially when it comes to like, because you can't do price ranges, but you can do spec ranges. So it's like, but pricing is you know the most important thing to an engineer, right? After the specs, it's like specs, yeah. specs, specs, and then cost, cost, cost. And then a little bit of reminder: you can go to jobs.adafruit.com and you can post your skills, and you can also yes. look for a job there. That's right. And uh, what is the power meter app that you are using? So this is the Monsoon power monitor. Um, I will say it's not inexpensive. Um, it is it, it costs as much as a high quality logging power meter is, which is you know close to eight hundred dollars. Um, I do know that there is a cool low power power meter coming out in the next few months. So okay. if you can wait, I can't talk about it. Yeah. But believe me, it's really cool. When All it comes right. out, we'll show it off and. Uh, and tell people about it, but it'll be a lot more affordable. How many years have you been designing PCBs in Eagle? Um, since like before 2005, maybe, maybe 2001, 2002. Coming up on 20 years, I'd say. Yeah, I started with Eagle three or four. MIT had a site license, so yeah. that's why I started with that. And KiCad was not available for Windows. Okay. All right, thanks everybody. All right. Oh, uh, Parallel Logic, they said they've been using the Auto Ranger for current measurements, about $100. Cool. Use it. Yeah, like okay. this was at the time when I bought this, it was kind of the only thing. All right. Okay, everybody, that is Desk Lady this week. We will see you on uh, Wednesday, assuming there's civilization. And uh, either way, we have a show on 7.30 Eastern Time, show and tell, then ask an engineer at 8 p.m. JP's show is on Tuesday, um, JP's workshop, sorry, JP's product pick. Wednesday, we have Noam Pedro's 3D printing. Thursday, we have JP's workshop. Friday, we have Deep Dive with Scott. So a full week of video stuff to get your mind off, what's probably right. going to be an exhausting week ahead. If you've got an Adabox, uh, post up some projects. We're in Discord and the forum. A lot of people are showing up because they always get Adaboxes, but build some cool blinky stuff. And then we're going to get started on the next Adobox soon. Yep. If you don't want to miss out, sign up because we, actually, we have fewer openings than usual. That's right. People love this. All right. That's Desk Lady for this week. Thank Thanks you, everybody. everybody.